welcome to another episode of Mentor Musings. I'm JC, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Brett. Hey, Brett. Hey, JC. How are we doing today? Doing great. Beautiful sunny day in Chicago. Spring is turning, and startups are being launched every single day. So let's uh, let's dig in and get started. You know, Brett, this week, I thought it would be interesting to talk about something um, that would impact founders at all stages, you know, especially in the earlier stage, but but something that's kind of a recurring theme and a recurring need, you know, whether you're kind of pre-funded or, or just about to exit. Um, and that's about strategic planning and goal setting and milestone setting. You know, I, I don't know about you, and I'd love to get your perspective on this, but I think founders sometimes tend to overemphasize the innovation side of what they're building which obviously is important. You know, a lot of people out there, whether it's an innovative product or service or just an approach to a market, you know, they are trying to focus on building out that innovation. As the founder, you kind of take ownership over that innovation building process. But there's this great quote by Eric Thomas, uh, innovation is rewarded, execution is worshiped. And so I think it's really important for founders at all stages, especially the earliest stage, to yes, cultivate and build that innovation piece, but also to focus on that execution piece. So, you know, Brett, you're the one between the two of us who's kind of really straddled both the corporate and the entrepreneurial uh, kind of ecosystems. I'm curious to start, what are some of the differences you've seen in kind of the strategic planning or goal setting process between kind of the corporate world and, and, and more of the startup world? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it's a great question. You know, the truth probably lies somewhere in between the two worlds, right? Because because you can even break the corporate world into two, the publicly traded companies and then the, the private, right? And if you look at those companies, they live month to month, quarter by quarter, depending on which, which group you're in, because you're looking at growth in the short term. Strategic planning is nice. You get to have the outlook, but at the end of the day, you need to execute in much shorter intervals, which I would argue is detrimental, you know, and, Amazon didn't take that approach, right? They're all definitely more of a long-term strategy and that there's value in it. But when you flip it to the, the the entrepreneurial side of it, too often there's no planning, right? And I'm not talking a full business plan. I'm not a huge believer in those super, because the world changes, you're moving quickly. But, you know, my advice is to, have that plan, have a goal. I think you, you separated nicely. There's the plan and then there's objectives. And I don't care what stage you're in, if it's a side hustle, if it's a, you know, you're going for series A, you know, see whatever it is, you gotta be driving towards something. Cause if you don't, you're, you're rarely ever gonna get there. So um, again, it doesn't have to be super detailed, but have a goal and objective with what you're doing. I'll tell the founders of, you know, any stage of their business to, to think about that, because if you can't get people aligned and driving towards that objective, you know, 10, you t- typically won't get there. If that makes sense. So I'm curious, you, you're a, more of a lifer in the entrepreneurial space. Where, where do you sit on the, the planning and objectives? Yeah, it's interesting. I think, you know, from at least borrowing from what little corporate experience I've had, but also kind of borrowing from people that I've spoken with, I think there's a lot of divergence, but time being a critical element that I think we're going to talk about more and more to your earlier point. But in my opinion, there's a, a one clear divergence on the strategic planning side. I think in the corporate world, it's about 
perfectly executing what you've chosen to do. Like the strategic planning process, setting of the objectives are all about saying, how do we perfectly execute this pathway that we've defined to completion as efficiently and effectively as possible? And not to say that the, the entrepreneurial pathway is completely devoid of that, but I think the actual objective or the the purpose of goal setting um, for startups is more on the choosing what not to do. You know, because you have so many possibilities of where, I mean, Samsung, you know, when they first started, they were a fish company. And now they're the second largest producer of technology in the world. Like you can become and choose to be on a dime, anything that you want to be. And I think goal setting for entrepreneurs is really that, you know, that art of perfecting what you've chosen not to do, not perfecting what you've chosen to do, if that makes sense. So uh, I do think time is an element that we'll talk about. But in my mind, uh, corporate strategic planning really boils down to perfectly executing or nearly perfectly executing this pathway of of objectives that you've set out in front of you. And I think to your point, you know, you may not need to create a 60 page business plan and have a full 12 year roadmap of precisely where you're going, but you need a framework. You need a rubric in place to constantly be deciding, am I working on the right thing or do I need to shift priorities uh, or, or kind of stay on the path that I'm on? So again, it's kind of that, that framework of choosing what you continue not to do versus perfecting what you've chosen to do. Yeah. And before we get into kind of the time and some of the key objectives that you should be thinking about, going back to the corporate, you know, one thing that, that strikes me is the, the corporate side typically is always focused, maybe not always focused on the customer, but they're looking at today's customer and how do we get the most business or revenue from those customers? And rarely are they thinking of who is my next customer, who is tomorrow's customer, right? So you think innovation, how things are changing. And that's why these big companies rarely innovate. And we, you know, we, we talk about the big brands all the time that failed, uh, you know, a Sears and some other that had leadership positions, but just never were looking to tomorrow. And I think that's one of the advantages of a startup is you can be thinking about today and tomorrow without going too thin, but you know, you do need to be building that, that innovation. And that's probably a whole separate um, conversation towards, you know, the, the growth. And, and I think that's a good where I want to go next was, you know, one of the, the, the keys I focus almost exclusively on helping, you know, startups grow their business. So my milestones are typically, you know, what, what's next, right? So if you're a, even a side hustle or just getting started, right? Or you've got a few customers, you know, what is the goal? Is it to get to a hundred thousand in revenue? So break it backwards. That means we need six customers at this level, no churn, those types of things. So as you're looking to grow and we're both in the space of helping companies, you know, get to those next milestones, you know, break it down into achievable metrics because too often like, well, we can get to a half a million in sales. Man, if you've got a $5,000 product, do you know how many of those customers you need to sell? What is your plan to get to those that many customers? And I think until you actually break it down, and maybe that's even step one, that's step one a lot of the times with, with me, is all right, what's your average sales size? How long is the sales cycle? And what are we trying to get to in revenue? And you can see, man, you gotta go sell 100 new customers. Is that realistic? Is it possible? And if it is, how? What is the plan to go get those new customers? So. Um, I know I took us on a little bit of a tangent, but yeah, I, I think those are the really important ones that even at the corporate level, they don't do a good job. They're much more out here thinking bigger picture, but it's not at a tactical level. And you know, you know me and my algorithms, I'm more of a simple spreadsheet guy. Let's break down. How are we going to get those folks and do the simple math before you get to the too complex, right? So curious and as you're 
your take on that. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree with you. And I think the other the other dynamic piece for founders and for startups is those resource realities, right? I mean, the truth of the matter is no business has an inexhaustive supply of capital or more importantly, maybe time. But your, your, your corporate lines are, are going to look at the optic of resources, you know, human capital, actual, you know, financial capital, assets, technology, everything. They have a completely different output. And so I think in addition to that earlier point about, you know, finding a way to decide what not to do, it's also finding a way to constantly check in on what you're doing because your resource realities change. You know, you you are you are spending a budget um, and you may have less capital to be able to deploy to figure out how to go get those 100 customers after you've gotten your first 10. And you may go, oh my gosh, you know, at what it costs to actually acquire these customers is significantly different than we were projecting. We've got to pivot. We've got to redevelop the strategy because we don't have enough resources. Or how about the inverse? You could be in a situation where, your growth point is accelerating, um, which, by the way, uh, that is actually more challenging to deal with than 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 the failing growth point. Like as weird as that sounds, oh, yeah. uh, it's more of a dynamic, complex strategy to kind of evolve when it's when it's J curving up versus kind of dovetailing down. But I think it's about making sure that you have um, you know continue to check in on this and and reestablish. Hey, what are my resources and and do I have more resources available? Because you don't want to leave you know, customers on the table, so to speak. So if you find, you know, a strategy or a tactic that is resource effective and just overall effective in getting you to your growth goal, you know, then you want to kind of pause the other things that you're doing and really just pursue that aggressively to the end. I mean, you know, that's that's really what you're figuring out is, is kind of balancing which of these tactics and strategies will work best to get you to your goals and then prioritizing your time, your other resources into that tactic. Once you've figured out, hey, this works, I don't need to explore everything else right now. And I think that's, you know, again, one of those key differences is that it really is about just you know producing that outcome. The other advantage the founders have is that they have kind of a unilateral decision-making ability, right? right? You know, you talk about in the corporate world, once you set your objectives and your goals up and even your resource, you know, kind of CapEx, capital expenditure planning process, that's it. I mean, that's, you know, you're you're on the journey for a year and, and we'll touch base in 12 months and see how it worked out. But it's it's much more of a very reactive process. So goal setting is, is, is requiring founders to say, hey, how are we checking in relative to these goals? How are we kind of recalibrating these goals and tactics based on more information that we're learning over time? Yeah. So two, two quick follow-ons to that. I think from the corporate, the other dynamic, and you kind of touched founder having a unilateral um, authority or oversight in the corporate world. Yeah. You can look at 12 months out, but the bigger they are, the more siloed they are. And so each of the silos is going to have their own 12 month plan and trying to coordinate. So at the macro level, it sounds great. Yeah, 12 months, yeah, we can work. But man, once you get those 12 month plans in each of those silos, if you have to pivot somewhere, it's like turning the Titanic, right? From an execution standpoint, it's really hard. And I did want to follow back up on you said the the inverse of the problem with the, the accelerated growth, right? Good problem to have, but comes back to our, our comment on planning that said, because what happens and I've seen it is all of a sudden your, your lead engine's flowing a little better. Either you got referrals coming in or whatever's working, you got more customers coming through the pipeline. You know, nine times out of 10 in the early stage, you don't have a process to find or the resources to support those customers when they go through. 
And an example I'll use, right? You got six people or now all of a sudden you got 10 people raising their hand and say, hey, I wanna do business with you, but you've got a part-time person or your technology person or your CTO that's following up on leads you know, on a part-time basis. So all of a sudden you had some really good momentum but you can't get them through the process. And that just creates a negative, you know, block perception. I mean, you, it really rarely are you gonna get those customers back if they have a bad, you know, experience with you up front. So that just comes back to the planning that says, hey, you know, if we do well and all of a sudden the growth is accelerating, what do we do? Do we have a, a contingency plan, a good contingency plan to help support through that that process? Again, it doesn't have to be super detailed, but, but think and plan before, you know, it gets there. So you're not, as they say, not paving the road as you're driving down it at 65 miles an hour. So it's not always possible, but, you know, think about the different scenarios, you know, plus or negative as you're starting to grow. Yeah, uh, extremely well said, Brett. And and I would add in addition to that, just to circle back on that that time element piece, you know, that's where really considering the time factor of what you're doing is so important. Understanding that you can actually fail while succeeding as a startup yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and fail because of success, you know, makes that 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 prioritization of, of timing and planning so critical, you know, and especially and here's the other funny thing. You know, in, in the earliest stages of your venture, it may just be you as the founder. Right. And you may think, well, I don't need a plan. Why would I? I'm, it's me. You know, a plan is, a, is, a, is a, an alignment tool with other parties who are involved. And, and yeah, there's some truth to that. And it does underpin the importance of planning. But even if you're a solo founder or even if it's just you and your co-founders working on this, it's still really important to have a plan for those exact situations. Because in those moments where either success or, or struggle are, are kind of bottlenecking you, you're not going to have the time to be able to go back to the drawing board and really think through all those things. So you want to think through the many possible outcomes, both positive and, and kind of negative or challenging, so that when you encounter those, you have some sort of a framework or a platform to be able to make decisions on uh, you know, really rapidly because, you know, again, I think in my experience, I've seen more companies struggle because they're succeeding versus because they're not succeeding. As, and that's typically a very counterintuitive plan, especially in the technology world. You know, the, the world right. that I typically live in most days, technology is, you know, and you've heard me say this before, Brett, it's a liability first and an asset second. And the truth of the matter is, is that it's a liability, not just because of what it doesn't do, but, but because of what it can't scale to you know, keep doing. So, you know, there are companies that we work with right now who, you know, are in the B2B SaaS space who have their first customer and now they've got a whole pipeline of customers ready to go on board. But their big concern is, oh my gosh, you know, what from a, an architectural or just from an operational standpoint, how do I manage all of these expectations? How do I manage this client on board? So it is really important to think through, um, you know, once you capture that growth and once you kind of feel that that vein of, of, of momentum building on the sales or on the operational side or whatever, you know, start thinking about what those contingencies are. And you do that during the planning process. You do that during your initial goal set so that you've got kind of an understanding of, OK, well, if we encounter this scenario, or this situation, here's how we're likely to need to respond to it, or at least you've thought what some of those likely scenarios are. Yeah, and maybe to, to wrap it up, because I know we're running short on time, is you know most of the folks, right, are, are, if they come from a tech background or an engineering background, they're probably comfortable with scenario planning as the app builds or the platform builds, you know, what could happen positive or negative, and not spending a lot of time on, you know, sales, marketing, operations, 
it's the same process. And if you're not comfortable in an area, go find somebody to help and have that back to our mentor, right? That's that spent some time in growth and process because it's going to save you a lot of time and headache and unnecessary ones, right? Just having the simple process. But I know if you asked me to do that on the tech side, no way, right? I'd be figuring it on the fly of what we need to do and everything would be reactionary. So um, again, just play to your strengths and then, you know, fill in the gaps with with folks that bring a different skill set. Completely agree, Brett. And the one thing I would add as a final comment is, is don't seek perfection in your planning. You're not yes. going to be able to know all of the scenarios. That's okay. Uh, in fact, when it comes to strategic planning, my favorite quote ever is from General uh, George Patton, a good plan violently executed today is better than a perfect plan next week. So, um, you know, keep that in mind. Keep all of these in mind as you pursue your goal setting. Uh, as always, thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please like, comment, share. Reach out to Brett and I if you have any questions. Otherwise, best of luck with your adventure, and we'll see you next time. Yeah, see you next week. Thanks, JC. Bye, guys.